This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Brought to you by Charity Mobile, the phone company that shares your values. More information is available at charitymobile.com. You are no doubt aware of the world spiraling into darkness and the rising sense of chaos that seems to grip everything. There's a lot of talk of the impending fulfillment of the Fatima message. But while those things continue which have captured the public imagination, the work of the modernists in Rome to remake the church into the ape of the church of Catholic prophecy continues. I have a track record of continuing to cover the mess inside the church regardless of what else is going on outside even when external things touch on the church as they do now in our time. So pray that the world settles down, and pray that the justice of God be done in our time, and keep the Five First Saturdays devotion if you haven't started them yet. This week's a great time to start, as Our Lady requested at Fatima. And that is all I'm going to say on the secular news of the day, because the synod of synodality continues, and Francis hasn't missed a beat in pursuing his new church of the Kumbaya and group hugs. And today I'm going to bring you the news of a very strange meeting Francis had with representatives of the one group who have shown zero interest in participating in his synod, the one group the modernists want more than any other to embrace their church of the new advent, and just haven't done so yet. Let's get into this. So as I say, the work of remaking the church continues. It's been an ongoing project since the 1960s, but really under Francis the work has picked up new life, and the one group that hasn't helped in recent years are, as you might expect, young Catholics, who strangely but statistically seem to be drawn to the more traditional expressions of the faith in the various forms of the church's traditional liturgy. They aren't participating in the synod on synodality, to the great regret of many secular Catholic public personalities. Francis recently met with some American youth on this very project, the remaking of the church via the synod, and hardly anyone noticed how this went down. Headline from Vatican News, the BBC of the Holy See. Pope encourages students from the Americas to build a better world. On Thursday evening Rome time, Pope Francis met with students from across the Americas for an online event and dialogue organized by Loyola University in collaboration with the Pontifical Commission for Latin America. The topic of this meeting was the usual fare for Francis, which I sum up usually as calling it the Laudato Si and Fratelli Tutti program. All things green, all things liberation theology, all things materialistic. The best part might be that America's favorite tradition, Smashing Cardinal, was front and center as the host of it. From the Vatican News article, quote, The encounter led to an open conversation between the students and the Pope about finding new ways to build a world made of bridges and collaboration in the spirit of fidelity duty. The Department of Theology of Loyola University in Chicago organized the event in collaboration with the Pontifical Commission for Latin America the Institute of Pastoral Studies, and the Hank Center for the Catholic Intellectual Heritage. Cardinal Blaise Supich, Archbishop of Chicago, offered an introductory welcome to the participants, noting how these students understood the importance of listening to each other and dialoguing. They are studying at various universities and majoring in fields ranging from the humanities to the sciences while sharing experiences and looking at how to collaborate together on projects. 
Argentine theologian Emilce Cuda, secretary of the Pontifical Commission for Latin America, then spoke to welcome the participants, noting how this meeting represents what Pontifical Commission wishes to do in acting as a bridge between the Vatican and particular churches for discussion, sharing, and networking, end quote. I think you get the idea. The focus was on all things regarding the secular world's notion of justice and how the church can help out. Remember, this is all part of the Synod on Synodality, which is why this next part of the article I found particularly funny. The group with Francis discussed the plight of those people who, you know, tend to move around a lot and move from one place to another, and how to best help them, and how to help them preserve their identity. From the article, quote, Pope Francis responded by looking at the question regarding heritage, saying society suffers when it rejects its roots, and that those that move, and all people need to treasure their own roots and origins. I can't say this without laughing, I'm sorry. And this can take place through dialogue between the old and young. Recalling a proverb that describes the elderly as the roots of a tree, and younger people the leaves and flowers that flow from the branches thanks to the nourishment they receive from the roots. The Pope encouraged those that move around to remember their roots as they endeavor to learn the new language and culture where they find themselves in order to be part of their new homelands. He encouraged church members to work together with civil society, with concrete action and dialogue. End quote. Now, that's pretty rich coming from the author of Traditionis Custodis, isn't it? But then again, his focus is putting the church at the service of the world and adopting the values of a particular set of influential people. So this isn't that surprising. He certainly isn't about preserving our theological heritage. In fact, at the same time that he said this, his right-hand man for smashing tradition came out and said again that the traditional Latin Mass is not compatible with the faith, that the post-Vatican II era and the new Mass represent a new faith. Christopher Lamb interviewed Archbishop Arthur Roach for the once great and mighty tablet, which has since become a modernist rag, and it's based out of the United Kingdom. From the tablet, headline, Arthur Roach, Prefect Under Pressure. Yeah, I'm sure he's under pressure. But here's the money quote that really tells us what they think. From the article, quote, There is a deep theological foundation to the Pope's recent rulings, he, Roach stresses. It's not about some Catholics having a personal preference for Latin. It goes to the heart of how the Church sees itself and its mission. It's about the old saying, Lex Arandi, Lex Credendi. How we pray is how we believe. Roach points out that Vatican II's dogmatic constitution on the Church, Lumen Gentium, shifted away from a model of the Church as a perfect society to the biblical notion of the Church as the pilgrim people of God. End quote. Elsewhere, he and his co-religionists in the worship of the self that modernism represents flat-out tells us that the Church is seeking the truth in the modern world. That's obvious heresy, and one has to wonder if he knows better. But this shift in stress reminds us that for the modernists, they envision themselves as having created a new faith for the world, that they have reinvented Catholicism. Maybe we should start believing them when we cling rigidly to the truths that were passed on to us by our forebears, as St. Paul tells us to do in sacred scripture. And the best part about this is that this was said on the same day as Francis was telling Catholics in, Amer in the Americas to hang on to their heritage, which he's not wrong about that. But that's not the first time I've told you that they've said this. What they don't seem to understand is by, that by saying this over and over again, that they are saying that the church got it wrong for her first 1,960 years of its history. Think about the implications of that. They are rejecting the hermeneutic of continuity, which is fine because they're admitting that the things that have happened in the church since the 1960s cannot be re reconciled with what came before. And they and traditional Catholics are on the same page about that. That we, But what they're saying is that we must submit to it without question, and that's the error, of course. Instead, 
you must cling to what came before us. Take Francis at his word that we must hang on to our heritage, even if he doesn't like it. Now, there is one funny thing about all of this, though. One of the chief voices for Francis in the Catholic press is Massimo Fascioli, a man whose name is so unfortunate that for reasons related to our host's algorithm, you have to say his name in an exaggerated way or you're going to get in trouble. I know it from experience. It's happened to me before. Massimo has been saying what Archbishop Roach said, but in clearer language for years now, and he keeps getting hammered on Twitter for it because people dared to point out that they were admitting to being apostates. But thankfully, someone grabbed a screenshot of what he had to say before he deleted his tweet. Quote, Problem is the theological view conveyed by some of the most active promoters of the old mass. Theological views that are not Catholic anymore. End quote. Apparently, according to the modernists, the truths of the faith have changed. At least he admits it. At least he admits that what the modernists are doing. What they are crafting is a materialist faith out of the Catholic faith. It's the counter-church that Fulton Sheen warned us of back in the 1940s. Yeah, I'm aware of Sheen's own involvement in adopting modernism, but his observation here isn't wrong and is put in a typically eloquent manner of Archbishop Sheen. From his famous Signs of the Times sermon, speaking of the man of sin and of the devil, Sheen says, quote, He will set up a counter-church which will be the ape of the church. He, the devil, is the ape of God. It will have all the notes and characteristics of the church but in reverse, and emptied of its divine content. It will be a mystical body of the Antichrist that will in all externals resemble the mystical body of Christ. In desperate need for God, whom he nevertheless refuses to adore, modern man in his loneliness and frustration will hunger more and more for membership in a community that will give him enlargement of purpose, but at the cost of losing himself in some vague collectivity. End quote. No, Francis is not the man of sin. He is not the Antichrist, who is really just the mimic or ape of Christ, but diabolically inverted. But this work of turning the church into the service of the world has been happening for decades, and it's not limited to the Catholic Church people. The Eastern Orthodox have the same problem, and it's picking up new speed under Francis's alleged reign. You know, going back in time, Pope Paul VI, back in the 1960s, visited the United Nations, and each of the subsequent popes paid them a visit, and all sang the praises of their work and sang the praises of ecumenical alliances and dialogue and other values categorically rejected by the Church before the Council. They've since become the standard operating procedure out of Rome, and it begs a question. Why? Because modernism is ultimately about crafting a faith based on experience and materialism and subjecting the faith to the whims of the world. And you cannot have rigid dogmas that conflict with that goal. And that is what we've been laboring under for decades, sort of the diabolic disorientation of the church. And that is what is made manifestly clear now in our time. Now, if seeing this stuff is kind of a downer for you, don't despair. Remember that not only is Lent upon us, which is that time that we are to offer our fastings and penance and reparation for our sins and the sins of the world. And it's probably a good idea for that to not turn away from these things during Lent. Instead, when you see a story like this, pray for all those involved and offer your Lenten sufferings for their conversion. Or if you think I'm off base and wrong and a bad guy for talking about all this, offer them for my conversion, be an act of charity on your part, since you think I need it. And let's be honest. We all need some degree of interior conversion. Very few, if any of us, are saints, and Lent is about getting us back on track to living like saints. Bear that in mind this Lent as the season gets started. What did you think of this story? Francis's focus on the material, even while the secular world spirals into darkness and heads towards what might be the fulfillment of the Fatima warning. Is there a sad but kind of funny disconnect with what Francis is saying about our heritage? Let me know in the comments, please, and like and subscribe if you haven't. It really does help. As always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.